Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today we have Dr. Roberta Shaler, relationship consultant, mediator, and speaker. Dr. Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor, provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis. Her mission is to help people stop tolerating abuse. Even the United States Marines have sought her help. Dr. Shaler focuses on helping the partners exes and adult children of the relentlessly difficult people she calls hijackles to stop the crazy making and save their sanity. Author of 16 books, including Escaping the Hijackal Trap and Stop That's Crazy Making, she hosts two podcasts, Emotional Savvy Show and Save Your Sanity, and her own channel, Emotional Savvy on Binge TV Network. You're about to meet Dr. Roberta Shaler. You're also going to learn what a hijackal is. You're going to be shaking your head in agreement when you realize you may know one and that you've been hijackled. Don't worry, Dr. Roberta will also share how to deal with them and how to heal. I am so excited to have Dr. Roberta Shaler with us. She has a wealth of information on, it seems like everything having to do with relationships, and I'm just so excited to dive in. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, you know, I just want to dive right in when when things go sideways in a relationship, can you just take us from there? What happens? They, we, we, we never go into a relationship like that. We start out okay, and something goes sideways. What, what usually happens? What's going on? Well, one of the main things is that people don't ask all the right questions. They're not even interested in the right conversations before they dive in. <laughs> so you dive in with all kinds of hormonal things going on. You're all excited. You're thinking about the wrong things often. You haven't had the big conversations you don't know one another's values. You haven't dug into it because you don't want to find out that there's something wrong. Mm. So you you just try to glide in over the the good parts, and then things go a bit sideways, and you're a little crushed because it seemed like oh this was perfect, best thing since sliced bread, and found my soulmate. You know, uh, but everybody needs to know it's absolutely normal for two human beings to not agree on everything. And that you need some communication and conflict resolution skills, or at least some conflict management skills. And that there's this thing that's not working, but that's not the whole relationship. So don't focus on this and say, oh, well, when there's so much else going on. So when things go sideways, the most important thing is to pull back a little, sit down, take some time and converse. Now, what happens if one of the partners wants to and the other one is just resistant? Well, then you have another issue, which is that you have to use some strategies to be able to encourage the other person to understand that it could be a much better relationship than it is. And there's nothing scary about getting help. Um, And if they're not even ready to get help and they won't sit down and talk to you, then you may need to get help because that's something quite amiss if the other person will not engage and invest in the relationship to the point of figuring something out. Mm. And is there a certain point where you know we need help at this point? What would that be? Well, I was with a couple the other day who had come to me for a one-hour introductory session last July, and they had had these problems for four years, and they came to me. And so we talked it out. And then, you know, I work in packages, so you have an introductory one hour, and then you choose 
how long you're going to work with me on your first package. But I got a little note from them. They said, oh, we're so encouraged. We can figure it out. And I wrote back and said, well, I think that's a lovely idea. But if you could have, you would have by now. <laughs> so um, then three months later, I get an urgent call. When can we see you? Everything's falling apart. Mm. So it's important to know that going for help is a sign of strength. It's a sign of saying, I really want this relationship to matter. It matters to me. Let's figure it out so we don't get more resentment or more hurt. And that's a sign of strength. You don't think poorly of yourself when you take your car to the mechanic. You mm. don't think, oh, I should be able to fix it myself. You don't even think about it. So many times when someone asks me what I do, I'll say, well, I'm a life mechanic. You know, <laughs> you just I love that. Bring, yeah. bring your relationship on over and we'll work on it. Right. right. But I think, you know, that that's such an important, important point that you mentioned. We have this false sense of done. Like, I'm OK. No, I'm good. But how do you know? How do you know? I mean, if the relationship has been in trouble for a few years, mm-hmm. maybe you need that objective. Uh, I, you know, the eye to say, hey, you know what? It's not. It, it needs some work. It needs some tweaking, some changing. Well, it actually, there's research on it. John Gottman in Seattle did some research and he found that most of his couples, because he's a big researcher, um, most of the couples that came finally to work on their relationship had had the same problem for six years. Wow. Now, if you think about that, what kind of detriment has happened over six years? What uh, ideas have you formed about your partner? What resentments have you held on to? Oh, who have you spoken to about it and told their part about your partner? I mean, mm. all kinds of damage could have been done. And what if you just said, hey, we're not doing this very well. Let's get a little help right here and just went and solved the problem and got better skills and moved on, then you would not be in that situation. And imagine fighting it out in front of the children. Mm. You know, what are you teaching the children by the way that you're either giving the silent treatment, you're being snarky with one another, the communication isn't good, the children can feel it, even if they're babies, they can feel the tension. These children's brains grow until they're 25. You know, little people are just taking everything in like a little sensory sponge. And you're having this air in your relationship that they're picking up on. And when they're little, they think it's their fault. Mm. They make up stories about it being their fault because that's the way their brain works. So it's a gift that you give yourself and your partner, your relationship and your children to get help. Right. So it's so true between what, and I'm imagining six years worth of the way you're speaking to one another, what the children are picking up and what is it? Something like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day that we have. And if the majority of them is what's the problem with my relationship or why is this not working or whatever, that's a lot of damage in six years. Yes. And, and, you know, that could be the question that they're asking, but usually the question they're asking is, should I stay or should I go? Should I put up with this? What's wrong with my partner? It's other focus. They're not thinking about themselves and what they're putting into the relationship. They're other focused. And so they're making their partner wrong and they're they're drawing assumptions and deductions from their partner's behavior. Mm-hmm. They're not checking. They don't know if it's accurate. They're reading their partner correctly. You can go way down a rabbit hole that way. Yeah. yeah. So what's the difference between difficult people and relentlessly yeah. difficult people? Well, difficult people are you and I. 
on a bad day. Okay, we're under stress, something's gone wrong, maybe we've had a loss, maybe um, the world just is not our oyster and we're difficult, maybe a little snappy, maybe a little offhand. But relentlessly difficult people are like that with at least one person all the time. And here's where it gets tricky because the relentlessly difficult people that I talk about, the people that I coined the term hijackles for, those people are tricky because they paint a public picture of perfection and at home they create a private place of pain. Mm. So they look so good to everybody else and they're putting all the gloss and shine on the relationship. But at home, they are demeaning, devaluing, you know, um, dismissive. They're lying, they're manipulating, all of those things. And then you want to go and tell somebody it's happening. And what do they say? Oh, he or she would never do that. They're the salt of the earth. They're wonderful. Mm. Those are the relentlessly difficult people. Could be your mom, could be your partner, could be your dad, coworker, friend. Now, would you say, are these the energy vampires, the narcissists, the gaslighters? Are you sort of yes. categorizing them into... Yeah, and I'll tell you why I did that. Um, with the internet, people are rushing off and they're putting whatever they need in to get the search results. And they're coming back with psychological terms. And that's not a good idea because nobody is able to diagnose unless you have, you know, the credentials to do it, the background to do it. And I just found so many people coming and saying, well, you know, according to the internet, this person's a narcissist. Well, no, um, we needed another term mm. because you are not in a position to judge. Neither is the the a Google goddess. <laughs> you know? So let's not even pretend. But what we can talk about are patterns, traits, and cycles. And so that's when I created the term hijackles because hijackles have those patterns, traits, and cycles. So we have a non-clinical, non-psychological word that we can use to describe what it feels like to be with them, how they behave, all of that. And my definition of a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for his or her own purposes mm -hmm. and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. Mm. And I can think of people like that right about now. Okay. So, <laughs> so how does this then, how does this hijackal seem to outsiders? And, and then what happens? How is the person who is affected at home, what do they do with that? Because that's a frustrating space. It certainly is. And the first thing you have to know is hijackals have radar for likely candidates that they can manipulate. So if you are a person who's so giving, so willing to go the extra mile, willing to understand, they see you as a likely candidate because you'll have low boundaries. And so they're going to move in on you. They also okay. will move in on someone who was raised by hijackals because you're already trained and groomed. They don't have to do anything except do the what I call the gotcha, which is they are chameleons. They will be whomever you want them to be. They will appear to be totally focused, loving the best thing that ever happened to you. They know you better than you know that yourself. You just know you've died and gone to heaven. That means that they quickly want to move in with you, marry you, or get you pregnant um, mm. because they can't keep it up very long. So they want to have power over you. How do they get power over you? They get you to come and be with them so that they can now put on this performance for the world and slowly, sometimes not so slowly, 
um, begin to demean and discount you. Now, does the hijackal know they're doing this? Is this a conscious thing? Well, there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, It's a pattern that they develop in order to survive. Uh, If we're talking psychologically, there of the four kinds of cluster B personality disorders, most of them are made, not born. So therefore, they have learned these behaviors to survive. And so that's all they know to do. That's all they know to do to keep themselves safe in the world. And they're not self-reflective because if they were, they might find fault with themselves and they're not having any of that. Mm. So they, they may or may not know, but they don't want to take a look because they may not like what they find. No, they, they, they won't like what they find, but they, they will never find it because it is such a huge risk for them to even think that they made a mistake. You know, when you're with a hijackal, and it may be something as simple as we agreed to meet at seven o'clock, and maybe you've sent them three emails to say seven o'clock, and at seven o'clock, they're not there, and they're not there at eight, and then they'll say, you never told me. Mm. You know, we see examples of this all the time in the news. I never said that. Yet there's a clip. Well, here's you saying it, (laughs) but I never said it. Well, this is the way hijackals roll because they cannot allow you to have any power because that would mean that they didn't have it at that moment. So the number one hallmark of all hijackals, no matter what kind of things can be going on with them psychologically, is that they must win in all circumstances with all people at all times. Mm. And this is where I I imagine, and I know this from a lot of the women I work with, they want to walk around with a a pad and pen documenting things so they can say, oh, yes, here, here, here's the the proof. Because you start thinking that you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, of course, they're going to gaslight you. They're going to say, no, that never happened. And you have the proof. But then they'll say, well, what's wrong with you? Don't you trust me? You're always walking around with that pen and paper. So they're always going to escalate it to make themselves right. Mm. And so it's extremely frustrating. And, you know, many times, depending on the state that you're in, many states in the United States uh, allow the one person in a conversation to record it. Uh, Some states require the consent of the other person, but many of them don't. And so it's important when you're dealing with that kind of thing to know what state you're in and know to document that, especially if things seem to be going sideways too often. Mm. And are there some ways that you would know, oh, wow, I am speaking with, I am dealing with, I'm friends with, I'm married to, in a relationship with a hijackal? Absolutely. In fact, I have a free ebook that for your listeners is called How to Spot a Hijackal. And you can find that at hijackals.com. And it's easy to spell because you spell hijack, A-L-S.com, right? But yes, there are. Like the first one is this need to win over silly things, things that really don't matter, like where you're going to have dinner, which movie you're going to see, Um, something inconsequential or whose turn it is to do the laundry. Another thing is that they're always finding fault with you. There's never anything wrong with them. Mm. So everything is always your fault. And when you realize that, and if you're one of those good people who goes the extra mile, you'll be justifying it. You'll be saying, oh, well, he or she is having a bad day. They're under stress. It's a difficult time for them. It's the anniversary of their father's death. You know, whatever it is, a myriad of reasons. And you'll constantly be making justifications and excuses for their poor behavior. 
And so this fault finding becomes absolutely constant. And, you know, that's a really important thing to do. Another thing that they have is what we call all or nothing or black or white thinking. You're either absolutely the apple of their eye and the best thing that ever happened to them, or you're the scum of the earth and they don't know why they bother with you. They mm. don't have gray areas. It's all or nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there, there are lots of uh, what I call hallmarks of hijackals. I even have a course on it that people can find on my website. But yeah, you really need to know because when things happen and you're involved with it, you start to think if you're one of those good people, you think, well, what am I doing? Mm, they start believing that. it. Yeah. yeah, they're not thinking that. They're hoping you're thinking that. And then it's going to be your fault. So all these pieces are, are very important to notice. And you'll also notice that if they're different when they're out in public than they are with you at home, and they're nasty and difficult at home and putting on the sunshine and unicorns outside, uh, that's a big red flag, a big huh. red flag, because that means that they have, they're getting their control and supply needs met at home, and you are the target, so that they can go out and not have that need to be met so they can look like this wonderful person. Wow. Okay. And I think it seems like the most important thing is to not believe all, all of the things that you're, you're being sort of told to believe, because when you do, that's when you're in trouble. And I guess that's the way they maintain control, right? The Sure, exactly. Like they want you to believe that they're wonderful. And if they think you're really not believing they're wonderful and they've done all kinds of horrible things and you talk about leaving, they'll do what we call love bombing. They'll all of a sudden become that wonderful person that mm. you met in the beginning. And, you know, I can give you an example. I had a woman in my practice came in and she had a big red mark across her face. I said, what happened? She said, he hit me with a hairbrush. I said, well, you know, that's not very good. What do you think about that? She said, well, I know he loves me. I said, how do you know? She said, three weeks ago, he brought me flowers and told me he loved me. I said, so this is a love tap? Right. But she was so invested as many people are. And I don't call them victims. I call them unwitting prey mm. because hijackals are predators. And so there you are just looking for love and wanting to believe the best in people and going the extra mile. And they're saying, oh, there's a hot one. I can control that one. Mm. And so it, these kinds of things, then when they go back and they want to remind you of who you fell in love with, then they think they can scoop you up again. And we have a term for that. It's called hoovering. Hoovering. It's like a vacuum cleaner. Uh, you know, they just come back and they back up. Wow. <laughs> and you need to be really wise to these things and read a lot. You know, I've written several books about it. Um, I have lots of YouTube videos. I have groups you can belong to. Uh, get educated. You know, I have a Patreon group that you can belong to and it's only $5 a month <laughs> and you can interact with me right in the group or for $15 a month, you can get on the uh, monthly ask me anything call, a group call, right? So there are ways that, you know, hijackals do tend to take over the finances mm. and they want to monitor the money and not give you any and they will slowly tighten the purse springs. So for many people, when they're first in this, they're saying that I don't have any money to get help. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've created so many resources that people can have for very little or free. 
Wonderful. And we're going to have the links to everything in the show notes to make sure that everybody knows where to go if if that's where they find themselves. So what do you do if you find, yes, oh my gosh, I am with it, with a hijackle. What do I do? Well, the, when you actually realize it is sort of the morning of your birth, mm. <laughs> because it means that all of the glitter and glamour is shattered and you no longer believe and you feel a little silly. You feel like, why didn't I see that people have been telling me this or, you know, my parents told me never to marry this person or whatever. And you feel like shamed, like what was wrong with me? Why didn't I see it? Don't spend any time there. Just know that you woke up and you smelled the herbal tea and now is the time to um, move forward. So the first step is to educate yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Find out. You know, like use the ebook, use something and say, okay, yeah. Now, don't become an internet junkie reading absolutely everything everywhere, listening to endless YouTube videos by endless people. All you'll do is stay in the, in the issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You will just stay mired in that issue and it'll be poor me. And, you know, sure, it's fascinating, but you need to get on with your life. So, you know, do what you need to do to actually realize, oh, that's a pattern, that's a pattern, that's a pattern, that's what happens. And when you finally realize it, then you simply say, those are all the things I don't want. Then once you realize that, the best thing to do is to get some help because you can't see it all. You can't see the big picture. You also need help. And I advise people that when they realize this, if there's no sexual or physical abuse going on, Don't go rushing away from the relationship. Get help. And here's why. If you rush away from the relationship, you're damaged. You're hurt. You're in a bad space. You've been run down and trodden down, worn down, torn down. Mm -hmm. So go and get some help. Like when I'm working with people and I have clients all over the world because I work through video conferencing, what we do is we find out where did this become acceptable to you? How did it happen? We want to make sure that you get new skills, mm-hmm. new strategies. You try them out right there with the hijackle and you begin to strengthen yourself and affirm and, and improve your self-confidence, your communication, your conflict management, the messages you give yourself. And then if anything can change in the relationship, it will. And if it can't, then you are empowered when you leave because you must make a plan to leave a hijackle mm. because you need to take back some of the assets. You, you know, I've had people who, when they, when we worked together, we found out that the hijackle had gone in. And I remember one where the hijackle took his girlfriend into the um, cell, cell phone store and said that was, you know, she impersonated my client and cut off the cell phone coverage. Oh, wow. So fortunately, yeah. you know, we found out really quickly. My client went into the AT&T. They have surveillance. You know, there was charges brought, but mm. not everybody does it. So hijackles will try all those things. They'll go into a bank. One of them went into a bank, said, my wife is so sick, she can't come in. But because of for purposes of her will, she wants her name off off the house. Somebody fell for that. They did it out of compassion, but they were being manipulated. So you have to prepare to leave. And then once you're prepared and you've done all of it, you have to make the decision to leave. And then you take the steps. Because the courts do not see this. More frequently than not, they do not see this. Mm -hmm. And you have to be well prepared. 
Right. That's another thing that I do is walk through the whole court proceedings with the person and their attorney. Mm. And I imagine all of these steps are very threatening to a hijackal. They had a good thing going in their mind when they were in complete control, and this shakes them up for sure. So I also imagine the person on the other end is afraid now because the hijackal wasn't nice in the first place, and now they're angry and upset and they've, they're losing yeah, but control. You don't tell the hijackal you're going through all this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I advise my people, and it's perfectly honest, to say, you know, I'm working on the relationship. I'm getting help for my end of the relationship. And they absolutely genuinely are. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the hijackal never knows. Mm. They, they don't know. And I, I tell people, don't tell them you're leaving. Because you'll just get resistance, push back. They'll try and take away your assets. They'll try and alienate the children. They'll do all kinds of things to win. Mm. So if you broadcast that I'm leaving you, not wise. You know, do your own work. Decide if you're leaving. Make a plan. Leave. File. Have him served or her served. Mm. Now, can they change? Is it possible that someone can be a hijackal and change? Yes, in a very rare number of cases. You know, there there are people who have um, huge abandonment issues and and that kind of hijackal uh, actually has moments when they actually have empathy and they feel terrible and they they want to change and it's very difficult for them to change but with enough uh, we use dialectic behavioral therapy for those people they will change but it takes years most of them have no interest in changing because they're perfect Mm. right so and remember hijackals always have supply you may think you're their only supply you're not they have they may not be having an affair but they're grooming other people They've got prospects in the pipeline, you know, that they're chatting with, maybe innocuously on Facebook or somewhere, and they just say, oh, well, it's just for fun. That's emotional infidelity. But, you know, some women or in some men buy that people mm-hmm. can be doing that without looking outside their relationship, and they can't. Um, but it, it's important to recognize that this is not going to change. Mm. Dr. Roberta, can you explain supply? Sure, because supply I'm sure some people that, don't, you know, aren't sure. That a hijackal must have someone who's saying yes, yes, yes to them all the time. They must have someone who thinks they're wonderful, someone who's buying what they're selling, someone who they can have under their spell and manipulate. And so they will have prospects, you know, they will have know some person who comes into their office to sell something and they chat them up maybe go to lunch nothing really going on but they got a little prospect there or they've got an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend in the background and they may even threaten you with it well if this continues you know i can always go there so Mm. they're keeping a supply of people to feed their ego needs and so they will have that without question they will have that Right. And why are we attracted to these people in the first place? Well, the number one reason is because we were groomed to it by having a hijackal mother or father, somebody close to us, uh, because then we believe this is normal. At some level, we believe it's normal. Maybe we can read materials and realize it isn't, but at some deep level, we believe 
oh, this is how I get treated in life. It's normal for me. This is what happens in a relationship because it's been the relationship I've watched my whole life. Mm. Other times, people themselves have had really traumatic events in their very early life. These behaviors that create hijackles, much of the research points to that it was actually developed within them in the home up to the age of two and a half or three. So things have happened to us up to the age of two and a half or three where maybe we felt rejected. Maybe we didn't feel good, but we didn't turn into a hijackal. We were a little bit needy. We were waiting to attach ourselves to someone. And so they can spot that. It's almost like they can smell it. Mm. You know, and from the therapeutic point of view, let me point this out. I have great hijackal radar, but it's what I do all day. Many times, and I have so many clients who have been to different people for help, different professionals, and that person has not had the experience and doesn't have the expertise to see it. So a hijacker will go in with the direct purpose of manipulating, exploiting, and seducing the therapist or counselor or coach or whomever over to their view of the relationship. And then they join together and they go against the person who instigated getting the help in the first place. And that's when it's more harm than good, because here the person on the receiving end is trying to get the help, but the coach or therapist is being manipulated by the hijackal. Exactly. And you know, they don't, they, these professionals just don't have this experience. They haven't had it in their life. I mean, I was raised in a family of hijackals and I'm an only child. I got it from both sides. It took me a long time to figure all this stuff out. Mm. And when I needed help, there wasn't any. So this is why I've dedicated my life to helping people realize what it means to have hijackal parents, what it does to you if you had one or two hijackal parents or a close person who was in your home a lot when you were young. And then what happens when you meet these people and what you need to think and do about yourself and how to have a really good sense of self and really strong non-negotiable boundaries, how to communicate them, how to keep your eyes open and not be glazed over with dopamine and oxytocin. <laughs> mm. And is it possible to have a healthy relationship post-hijackal with a new person? It is, but big caveat. Between leaving this person and finding that person, leave at least two years and do work the whole time. I have people who come to me and they say, oh, I just got into a new relationship. I said, mm. you just got out of the other one. Oh, but this is so wonderful. Let me remind you that it was so wonderful at the beginning with the other. Right. Right. You don't you don't have the calibration. You don't have the checklist for healthy yet. Right. right? Oh, that's so important to realize because I think there's just that emptiness and all we want to do is not feel that. So it seems exactly. like the next person will, will just take that away. What do you want to make sure we cover before we wrap up? I just want everybody to know you really matter. And I hope you really matter to yourself. You won't let people treat you poorly. You won't let people demean you or devalue you or disrespect you. And when you find yourself in a relationship like that and they're being all perfect and lovely outside and being horrible to you at home, take off those rose-colored glasses and see the red flags. Right. And I think it's really important to, you know, no shame, no blame. It wasn't, it was just an experience and there are ways to heal. So Dr. Roberta, how do we find more about you? Where do we go? Go to four, F-O-R, relationship, help, H-E-L-P.com. 
you'll find everything there. You'll find my blog, you'll find um, free resources, my passive aggressive checklist, my relationship checklist, all those things are there. Or go to YouTube, same thing. My channel is called For Relationship Help. I have two podcasts, Emotional Savvy and Save Your Sanity. So if you think that you're with a hijackle, go and listen to those, particularly Save Your Sanity, because the tagline is, help for handling hijackles. Oh, wonderful. Such a wealth of information. I I know you have so much experience in this and and I just thank you so much because I know, I know a lot of people listening are in relationships with or know a lot of hijackles. So you gave them a lot of information, a lot of hope. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting this valuable information out to people. That's a wonderful service and thanks for doing that. Thank you. Wow, that was chock full of useful information for sure. Dr. Roberta shed lots of light on hijackles, why we find ourselves in relationship with them, the supply they need, how we know we're in a relationship with one and what to do about it. She offered so much valuable information and be sure to stay in touch with her by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com and we'll have Dr. Roberta's links in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. We can find ourselves in relationships with difficult people because if that's what we grew up with, it's normal for us. But normal doesn't mean that's what we deserve and we're destined to have relationships only like this. It's important to find help from people who understand how these people work so they're not swayed by the hijackal's charm. And Dr. Roberta is a perfect example of someone qualified who can help. If the pain of betrayal from a hijackal is keeping you sick, sad, and stuck, you may be struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. Take the quiz and see pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.